Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today is an actor with a very interesting background who has worked in film, theater, and television. She recently took the leap from production to reproduction and joins us today to share her birth story. Mariana Burelli, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to hear your story because I don't know it yet. You don't, you don't. I don't. (laughs) I know what happened leading up to, and then it's a blank. Also in our studio is your doula, who is so close to becoming a licensed midwife. I mean, if this was a birth, you're like nine centimeters in. More? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. A couple of bushes the away. Very final stages. Very possible that when people listen to this, you'll already be there. I don't know about that. Depends when they listen. True. Yeah. It is yeah. possible. But you're very close. I'm you're, close you're, to I can becoming see the head. A licensed midwife. what you guys say. Thank you. You're welcome. And you shared your own story on our podcast, and I'm thrilled to have you back. Catalina Clark, welcome back. Thank you so much. All right, Mariana, let's talk about your interesting background. Where are you from? I was born in Venezuela. Mm. And then at the age of 15, I won a scholarship to study IB, International Baccalaureate, in Swaziland. A small country in the southern hemisphere of Africa, right next to South Africa and Mozambique. How does that even come about? Um, I always wanted to leave. Like, I always wanted to go and travel. And um, I knew there was a scholarship for a program called United World College. There were nine schools around the world at that time. Now there are many more. And basically, the only way of getting there was through winning a scholarship. So... They kind of received children from everywhere around the world. And the idea was to create humans that were more open-minded, that could find similarities instead of, like, differences amongst each other. So it was, I mean, the whole mission of the school is so beautiful because it's like to create the leaders of the world kind of thing. That sounds incredible. It sounds like we need more people like that. Yeah, Nelson Mandela was kind of like the president of the organization for many years. Of course, when I heard about it, I wanted to be a part. And so I went through the whole selection process, and I was picked out of 500 people. That's amazing. But what's initially amazing to me is that you're 15, because at 15, I think I was still, like, being pressed for an answer. Do you like chocolate ice cream better (laughs) or vanilla? Like, nothing heavy going on. 
I know, I know. I guess my mom was very excited about it, and they were really supportive from the get-go. And yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, like, I heard about it, and it just made total sense for me. It wasn't like, yeah. So in the interview, there, there are like three stages in the selection process, and the first one was like a written exam, and I passed it. And then we go to a sort of what we call convivencia, which is like you spend two days in like a little cottage up in the mountains, and they're like testing you to see how you react to certain problems, what kind of personality you have. And I passed that. And then the final stage is a an interview with psychologists and people that will be able to tell whether you're ready for an adventure of such nature. And they asked me, right at the end, they asked me, so where would you like to go? And I thought, I need to go the furthest. What's the furthest I can go? Like the most unlike place that I will visit in my life. So I said, Swaziland. And so I got it to Swaziland. I guess no one has wanted it. On your own to Swaziland? Yeah, my mom took me to, uh, there was a flight, our flight was Caracas, Milan, South Africa, and then South Africa, Swaziland in a little propane. Uh, Propeller? Like propeller a plane? plane. Yeah, right. a little plane. So my mom took me to Milan, and then we said bye. Wow. For how long were you there for? Two years. Sheesh. Yeah, two years. Um, I'm trying to picture my kids now with any of this because they're they're that age. My oldest is that age. Yeah, but, I was 16 because um, the South African educational system starts in January, mm-hmm. the Southern Hemisphere. So I flew there when I was 16. Then what did you do after two years there? I went back to Venezuela and I worked. I saved money. I decided to travel with my best friend who was French. Who is French? She's still mm. my best friend. And still French. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, she's still French. And we traveled from Paris all the way down to Swaziland. And the idea was to do it by bus. I mean, by not taking any planes or boat. Like, we wanted to take a boat. We didn't want to take any planes. Mm. Uh, it was impossible because we couldn't cross the Mediterranean to go to Egypt to arrive in Alexandria by boat. There weren't any boats from Europe to there to cross it. So we eventually ended up taking a plane from Greece, Athens, I think, to El Cairo. Yeah, to Cairo. So you went back to Swaziland. I went back to, yeah, I went back to Swaziland because we wanted to see the following year, the group that we said goodbye to graduating. And so we traveled for six months all the way down the east coast of Africa. So Kenya, Ethiopia, Tanzania, Just Malawi. Touring. Yeah, my friend and I at the age of 18. Wow. As you do. I don't know. My That's parents so are cool. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you go after that? I moved to London because I was applying to several universities. And I was accepted to many of them. I mean, to like a few of them, three of them. But I also decided I, w- I wanted to try drama school. I was like, everybody says that it's so hard to get into drama school. And I'm, I'm going to try because they gave me the opportunity. So I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply to one of them. The one that I liked the most, which was East 15 Acting School in London. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I got in. I got accepted. I'm so, not surprised at all. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to study sociology any longer. Oh. I'm going to be an actor. So... Yeah. Here you are. And here I am, yeah. And you're successful. You're doing great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had really good times, and it's just such an exciting career. Yeah, I love it. 
Do you act in English and other languages? Other languages. Well, I don't know, because you probably <laughs> speak more than you speak Spanish. and Yeah, some Italian and English. Yeah, I eat all of those. <laughs> well, I only speak English really well. I'm fluent in Spanish um, colors. Oh, that's that's yeah. a start. Amarillo. That's what I you know, <laughs> oh, That's fluent. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, I know many colors. Oh, that's, really? Uh, that's as far as I get. Okay. But I'm saying, do you act in other languages? In yeah, languages? when I lived in London after I graduated, I stayed there for eight years. Like, I studied for four and then stayed for another four. And I had a theater company called Caviar and Chips. Oh, that's yeah. my kind of theater. Your kind of, your kind of night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so everything, basically, like, I studied theater for the first time in English, and my first jobs were all in English. And then there was a point that I wanted to explore doing it in Spanish. So then I moved to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And now you're, like, back and forth, Los Angeles to Mexico. And then I'm back and forth. Yeah, I stayed in Mexico for seven years, and then I married to a guy that lives here, so. In Los Angeles. Yeah, so, damn it. No, it's Yay. <laughs> It's beautiful. And now I have a Californian baby. Oh, look at that. We I like know. having you here. Thank you. I'm really yeah. happy to be here. Uh, speaking of that baby, so where'd you meet this guy, this guy who lives here? I met him on set. Oh, really? I was filming a show called Paramedics. It was the Netflix? second season. It was on Netflix that? for a bit, and then I don't think it's on it anymore. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so we did season one, and then season two, this guy shows up on set, and everybody's really excited about him. Everybody's like, have you seen the guy from Hollywood? La, la, la. And I was like, <laughs> girls, just just chill. <laughs> it's cool. Like, and everyone was so excited about him. And then my best friend, Fernando, was one of the directors of the show. And he says to me, like, have you met my cousin? I invited him over from Los Angeles to oh. do some episodes. He's like, everybody's crazy about him. I hope you... And I was like, please. No, I have no time for that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. And he was like, okay. So days later, well, yeah, weeks later, I went to the theater and he came with me and, you know, and now he's the father and of my that. daughter. Look boom. at that. It's yeah. like a cooking show on TV. We put it in and bam. Look, it's bam. Already <laughs> exactly. That was a shortcut. But. <laughs> so how long were you guys together before you decided to have a kid? Um, we got together in 2015. And then he proposed 2017 at the same theater oh. where we watched the first play together. That's uh, really it nice. was actually the play was about a woman that didn't want to have kids and the dad saying like, I think we should have kids. Like, And she's like, no, the world is overpopulated. I don't think we need to do that. I don't have time. I'm a professional. Kind of the same mind that I had before I met him. I wasn't crazy about getting married or having kids or anything. You weren't? No, no, that was not. You just wasn't on your radar yet? Or did you think that's not really me? I thought maybe that's not me. You know, I wasn't totally sure, but I was like, you know, some women are born and they just want to wear that wedding dress mm-hmm. and they want to breastfeed. Not me. I was, you know, I didn't dream of having no. a baby latched. No. Yeah, no. you and I are the same. That <laughs> <laughs> the first thing we have in common. Yeah, there you go. No, yeah. I think we have more. You do? Yeah. But I was sad to even hear that you say that because you did this whole program about people, finding things in common with people and learning to be respectful and 
having meaningful conversations and being able to agree to disagree sometimes. Yeah. Like, I think that's so missing in the world right now. And, like, if you didn't bring that to another generation, it would have been a waste of two years in Swaziland. <laughs> there I you think, go. My guess. Now well, Sienna luckily, is alive, uh, luckily, so she'll get some Swazi. There love. you go. <laughs> luckily, Hollywood boy turned you around. Yeah, <laughs> he really did. Yeah, so when he proposed, I was shocked, and, of course, immediately I said, Yes, I screamed. <laughs> I was like, in the theater. In the theater. Was everybody still there? No, thank oh. God. It was all dark around, <laughs> and um, because I'm terrified of those, you know, cheesy moments. I'm like, <laughs> so after he did the whole thing, flowers on the floor and the whole thing, and I had no idea that I was walking into that because I thought we were going to go to a meeting because they lied to me beautifully. They were like, these people from this theater want to take a theater to L.A. and I want to associate. Like, they want mm. me to associate, like, to get together with them. And I was like, brilliant. I, you know, I was already picking the place that I was going to oh. stage here. I was like, that's amazing. We're going to take this theater to L.A. And then he gets into one of the theaters because it's a building that has two big theaters. And I was like, it's not here. I've been to the office. It's upstairs. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. He starts dragging me. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> Roberto, it's not here. Pablo's office. And then Kato, I walk in and there are like flowers all over the floor. Oh. And I'm like, no, this is uh, this is a set for another play. <laughs> I was like, what are they showing right now? Romeo and Juliet. So I walk and he's like, please just walk in. Like he just got really frustrated. Do because it. I was like, yeah. He was like, I was like, it's not here, Roberto. You don't know. I've been here. I know Pablo really well. And he was like, just walk in, please. Just walk in. So I walk in and I see this and I was like, what's going on? And then he starts with his speech oh. and like, you know, he tells the story really beautifully, but like he had planned the whole thing, I think, like every person who proposes. And then at the end, it was like, you want to marry me? You know, like, <laughs> like desperate came out. Uh-huh. And I just went like, I didn't really understand. And then when I actually understood the question, I was like, yes, I projected. Uh-huh. And then I hugged him and I was like, please tell me there's no one in this theater. <laughs> just tell me that we're alone. And he was like, we are alone. It's fine. I thought you were going to say, please tell me we still have that theater deal. <laughs> no, no, I did. I oh, was like, did. so when I hugged him, I was like, <laughs> and how about Pablo? And he was like, what Pablo? I was like, the meeting. He was like, there's no meeting. I was like, what? <laughs> it was a hoax. <laughs> Fake news. So, yeah, you see? You know me. Well, I do want to find out all about your pregnancy and birth, but we're going to have to take a quick break. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. 
not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We are talking to Mariana Borelli and Catalina Clark. Let's talk birth. That's our thing. Talk about your pregnancy. How did you find out you were pregnant? Well, um, we stopped using contraception, and I we were like, okay, let's let's just let's just see what happens. I mean, I have many friends that have taken long time to get pregnant, and I've never been pregnant before. So I was in my head, I was like, okay, let's start trying now, like really relax, like not following anything, any rule, but, you know, whenever we want. And it'll probably take six months, eight months, you know. And then we started and a week later, my period wasn't showing. I was like, no, it can't be. And it's not how it works. And... That's how it worked. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I got pregnant the first time. See, I told you the universe wanted little ones for me. Yeah, <laughs> little swazi yeah. babies. Swazi babies. Yeah, so I was shocked, and we really weren't expecting it. I mean, we were, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was just so quick. Surprising. Yeah. So surprising. And Roberta was really happy immediately. And Wait, did you, did you just take a test because you yeah, didn't have I your period? Yeah, I took a test because I'm like a clock. So oh. when I was one day late, I was like, hmm. Two days late, I was like, oh, let's do it. So we took a test, and then we only took one. I mean, you know, like— Together? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I assume you peed on it, but did you— did Yeah, Roberta and I were together. Yeah. Was, yeah. You told them right away, hey, I'm late, let's take this test? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, that's one thing that I don't get when women do it by themselves, and they're like, surprise! Yeah. I was dying. I was like, let's go and buy it together. So we went and bought it together, and he was waiting for me. Like, I peed on it, and then we put it on the table— not very hygienic, but anyway. We put it on the table, <laughs> and then he put a cap on top, and we looked at each other, and we we're like, okay, our lives may change totally from the moment we lift the cap up. And I was like, I don't think I'm pregnant. And he was like, yeah, I don't think you are either. I mean, we both knew that I was. And then he lifted up, and there it was. And, yeah, and I was shocked. The first day, I think, I was on a daze. Like, I had no... I don't know. I never really pictured what it would be like to be pregnant, especially not that quick. It was like, and Roberta was like immediately extremely happy. Mm. And I was extremely shocked. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> the first day or two, I was like, like this. I was like, and I would get like little panicky attacks. Like, what am I going to do? My life's going to change totally. What, you know, like. Truth. Yeah. Tr- yeah. Wow. Truth. Little did I know. <laughs> little. But as the days went by, you know, it kind of sinked in. How are the different stages of pregnancy, first trimester, second trimester? Um, yeah, the first trimester was more about getting used to the idea that this was actually happening. And then I got into yoga immediately, and I— Are you a yoga person in general? Yeah, yeah, I've always liked it. Uh, But I got really into yoga while I was pregnant. Like, Mm -hmm. I had to. For my mind or my, for, for your my mind, body or both? For everything. I think I met Kate from Yoga Works. Oh, yeah. Kate, yeah. Yeah. And then I was so supportive, not only for the yoga, but because, you know, to be in a room with other pregnant women, it just had a special energy. And, you know, you don't feel so alone because what I feel like what happens when you're pregnant, suddenly you're totally different from everyone else. Mm-hmm. 
from the people that you've been close to all of your like Oh, if they're not pregnant, you, if just, they're not you pregnant, just moved on to the next chapter. Absolutely. You're like, "Oh, I'm in another story." And you moved yeah. out of their story and they kind of move out of yours for a bit and yeah. there you are alone having no idea what's actually taking place. I mean, and having to work to understand what's going on. Mm. Because I feel that we're all familiar with what pregnancy is. None of us really are. You know, like before I was pregnant, I wasn't. Yeah. You kind of know Well, we're not so exposed to it anymore yeah. like we once were. Yeah. So, Do you think we were at some point? Yeah, I think when we lived in, in villages with the family, on the family property with yeah. all your extended relatives, you saw them being pregnant and you saw them even giving birth and raising young ones and feeding them. Yeah. Breastfeeding wasn't so foreign. And now it's sort of like we're not around that anymore. So yeah. a lot of the impression comes from television and movies, which is not exactly how it takes place in real life. So <laughs> it's a big surprise when it happens. So creating some community for yourself, creating your village yeah. like in prenatal yoga is really healthy. Yeah. When did you meet uh, Catalina? I met Kata when I was maybe six months pregnant. I feel like it was sooner. It was sooner, yeah. I wasn't showing yet. Maybe halfway. Maybe halfway, yeah. Maybe four and a half, five. Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine recommended her to me. And funny enough, you weren't her doula. But she said, you have to meet Kata because you're going to love her. Ooh. You're going to love her, love her. And I was like, oh, okay, I've been looking for doulas. Roberta, by this time, we've interviewed about six doulas. Mm. And we just couldn't find the right person. I was like, I don't feel it. Like, I don't feel like one of them was like, the baby is my boss. So if the baby wants an epidural, I'll give him an epidural. And I was mm. like. I don't really understand that. No, I don't understand that either, actually. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, yeah, no. And we had so many, uh, kind of like I was thinking, it was crazy because it was almost like finding the right father for your child in a way. <laughs> wow. But, but the right mother, in, yeah. you know. No, I get it. I never pictured Kat as the father for my child, but I can see it. I can see it. My children deserve a better father. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Kat would be a wonderful You took choice. this to a new sorry. level. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to go there. Back to you. Um. Anyway, so, you know, I wanted someone who sort of, like, shared the same views on, like, natural birth and the power that we have as women and kind of, like, going back to the beginning, like, how they used to do it before and kind before of, like, regaining that. Modern interventions? Yeah. Because you went from, like, I don't really think I'm, like, the get married and have babies type to, like, oh, my God, this is not a business meeting. This is a proposal to, all right, let's, like, see what happens to pregnant right away and then not really knowing what to expect. But now a few months later, you kind of already have your mind formulated towards a more natural birth. Did you do research and, and kind of look at the options or did you just have a little voice inside that said, I want to do this more naturally? Well, I've never been a big fan of, like, hospitals, medication. I always go for the alternative. Vegetarian. I was vegetarian for 17 years, and now I've been vegan for a bit. Oh, wow. Um, so I kind of tend to go that way. You know, like, I don't like... You were vegetarian for 17 years? Yeah, I've wow. been vegetarian for 17 years. I was vegetarian years. for 18 hours, and <laughs> it did not go well. I was <laughs> very weak and tired, but back to you. Yeah, I just... I mean, you look healthy you. and strong. Like, you'd be a good poster person for, like, vegan. Vegan? Are you vegan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was funny because during my pregnancy, there is a lot of, you know, like, 
misinformation and people are like, I think you should have a little steak because mm. that baby's going to come out very small wow. and poor baby. My baby was huge, by the way. She was 7.4. Wait, so weren't a whole bunch of the dinosaurs vegan? Exactly. And gorillas. How about yeah. gorillas? Gorillas don't give birth to little steaks. No. I mean, what, you know. <laughs> there you go. Gorillas and I. Yeah, so I kind of like my natural reaction was like, let's go as simple as we can. Like, I like simplicity in things like that. Mm -hmm. So, Did you think about home birth? At some point I did, but I was so terrified of not knowing the uncertainty of it all. I love the idea of like being in my own bathroom and opening my legs and thinking this is going to come out and baby coming out floating in the bathtub. Like that was the idea. Mm -hmm. But I also, I know I have a powerful head, like my mind is very active and it's very powerful and it gets in the way a lot of the times. So I didn't want my head to get in the way because I know, like I know how powerful it can be for good or bad. And... Um, I really didn't want me to be like, oh, I'm terrified. Why didn't I choose, you know, like, why didn't I choose the hospital? Um, uh, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then down that rabbit hole, I didn't want to go there. So I thought, like, after doing all the research, we went to many hospitals here in L.A., and it was a big deal because my gynecologist in Mexico is a, not only a friend of mine, but he's an amazing doctor who does... Uh, natural birth and he does the whole meditation and oh, he, wow. yeah so to make the decision to leave him and come in here and having my baby here was huge were you filming there i was filming up until when i was five and a half months i was oh, wow. filming so it was, was your character pregnant no so, i wasn't yeah. showing very much yeah. yeah and and they managed to hide it they can hide it really well. Yeah. I just, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to... Didn't Wonder Woman film... Was she pregnant? She was pregnant, yeah. With our second baby... You know, you show faster with the second one? Yeah. People say. Yeah. I don't know. With our don't second know. baby, it was like two weeks after the positive pregnancy test, and I was already showing. Really? Yeah. You were? Yeah. My wife took a while, but I, read, <laughs> I, popped, I popped right away. Back to you. So you made that tough call to come back to yeah. Los Angeles. It was really tough because I really wanted to deliver there because I trust the gynecologist. I trust their system. And it was very similar with what I wanted to do. And then I was like, OK, let's do it here. And started searching around the hospital cedars. I mean, many of them. And then ended up wanting to have the baby at UCLA Santa Monica with the midwives. Just because it was kind of like a halfway you know, yeah, it was you get like, to be with a more midwific model during your pregnancy and during your birth. Exactly. But and if something did go wrong, you have then the medical I was already plan, yeah. at the hospital, yeah. All right. Well, now I want another birth story, but we have to take one more break. Don't go anywhere. It's about to get juicy. Juicy. Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient needed, the supplement brand I trust created their brand new Omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, 
perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. It's the moment you've been waiting for, a birth story. Mariana Borelli and Catalina Clark. So not together, but yeah, that's the doula. <laughs> How did your labor start? It started, um, I woke up one day and I was feeling like, oh, maybe this is a contraction. I don't know. I've always been told that I'm really good with pain. Yeah. But I, how do you how do you know if you're good with contractions? You never know until you have contractions. So I started feeling them, and I was like, oh, this is it. I can take this. this Where is... were you in relation to your due date? A couple days passed. Yeah, a couple days. You were late. Yeah, I was late. You were past your due date. Oh, my God. Days. I've been walking. I went to Yosemite, walked so much. I was like, come on, bring it down. Doesn't surprise Nothing. me. Yeah. <laughs> and so what time of day did you start to feel those? I was feeling this in the morning. Okay. Like about um, 8 in the morning. And then I was feeling it. And then suddenly they got really close together. Every five minutes I was feeling a contraction that lasted one minute. So I was like, this is it. This is it. Let's go crazy. This is it. <laughs> the moment that I've been waiting for. And then I was kind of like wanting them to get kind of more chronic, more, you know, more intense. And they weren't going anywhere. They were steady, but they weren't going anywhere. And I said to Roberto, we have to call Kata. She has to know that this has begun. And Roberto's like, let's wait. I was like, no, call her. She needs to know that this is about to, you know. This is happening. This is going down. This is going down. It's going crazy. <laughs> so he did, and eventually Kata came to the house. And the moment I saw her, my contraction stopped. <laughs> they really did. And then she started, well, you can tell this part. I think we just, I just started to give you some massage and some comfort because you'd been working really hard all day, even though the contractions had kind of spaced out a little bit. And I left you with some oils and some hot water bottles and just told you to rest and get some sleep and call me later when things got more intense again. Yeah, and of course I didn't. I was like, <laughs> where is the raspberry tea? Oh, I need some happen. raspberry. Yeah, I was like, make it happen. I got on the yoga ball and I started doing my, you know, my movements on top. Roberta was like, what are you doing? <laughs> she said, rest. I was like, no, this is good. Come on. I mean, we've started. Let, let's finish this. Train has left the station. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to lay down and rest. Little did I know. Yeah. And then next day I woke up and then things were exactly the same. So I spent the whole night having contractions every 10 minutes, but nothing really more than that. And next day I woke up and then Roberto, my husband, gets a message from Kata. And I'm like, what did she say? And he's like, no, nothing. No, she's just uh, wondering. <laughs> I was like, what did she say? And he was like, uh, nothing. And I looked at him with his face like, just tell me what did she say? And mm -hmm. he was like... Well, she's saying that maybe this uh, will last longer and it could last three, four days, like prodromal labor. And I went like, what? I've listened to your podcast about On prodromal labor. labor. Oh, I was no. like, that's not going <laughs> to happen to me. So I walked across the living room and I picked up my phone to contact an acupuncturist because I was like, someone's got to you know, accelerate this. And at that point, as I picked up my phone, Splash. Oh, your water broke? My water broke. Mm. Meconium. That's my sound effect. That's nice. But yours was a gush with meconium? Yeah. Oh. It was a gush with meconium. It was totally green, dark green. I was mm. like, 
oh, oh, okay, so we call Kata. And my contractions from that point on, they went all the way. I was oh. like, oh, this Full is. Full speed ahead. I was like, oh, this is it. Okay, That's okay, it. hang on. With, hold that thought for one second. Yes. Because I have two questions. First of all, very important question. Do other people call you Kata? Just her. It's so beautiful when you say that. I don't know why. It's what? endearing. Yeah. Yeah. She's Kat. people call I mean, you? Catalina. Cat or Catalina. Kata. But uh, you always called me that. Kata, yeah, always. I like it. Anyway, I just me wasn't too. sure. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is maybe for people who don't know, you can talk about what it means to have meconium in the fluid. So meconium is when the baby passes its first bowel movement in the womb. It happens for several reasons. Sometimes when babies go post-date, their bowels are mature and they release. Or it can be a sign that a baby had a stressful event, not necessarily that the baby is in distress or any particular danger. It just means that the baby should be monitored. It should be listened to. And we should check to see how the baby is tolerating contractions. So as a doula, when I'm serving somebody in the hospital, it's best to go into the hospital Once at you this see point. McConey. Yeah. Yeah. What a stressful event, like watching cable news or no. Okay. Uh, playing with the umbilical cord, uh. a really strong contraction. It's like pinching a water hose on the umbilical cord so the baby's not getting as much oxygen. Got you. Okay. Back as if we never took a break. Yes. Um, kata. Wait a second. <laughs> First of all, when your water broke, because you're like a passionate person, what was your reaction? I was like, it broke! <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. You have no idea. Excited. My mom was in the house, and I said to my mom, I want to do the whole labor thing at home. My mom was like, why? Why wouldn't you go to help? You know? Yeah. I was like, Ma, I don't want you to like be a part of it. Just ignore me. Like this is, I, I need to do labor here. I want to get to the hospital when it's time to deliver. I don't want to be pushed. Like I just want to take my time here with Kata and my husband. I mean, you. So at the moment I screamed, like I was like, my water broke. My mom came <laughs> out of the kitchen. She's like, finally. <laughs> you could tell that she was holding until she was so tense, um. but she was trying not to say anything. So, and I was like. After we spoke to Kata and to the midwives, and they were like, oh, they all said, you have to come to come the hospital. In. I was like, okay, we're going to the hospital. Mama was like, al fin, like in Spanish, <laughs> like at last. You know? <laughs> she was so happy. She was relieved. She was so relieved. Mm. And you were a little relieved. I just wanted to get it, yeah. you know, over and done with. It like, wasn't prodromal. It was, yeah, I was so happy. But And you said the surges picked up, though. So what did those feel like to you? It's not a pain. It's a sensation that's so deep. It almost feels like your your body is like an endless pit of intensity. It doesn't feel like my body is this wide. It just feels like it's huge. And the pain comes from, the pain of the sensation comes from the earth almost. It's, oh, wow. It's very profound. That's how I can describe it. I think like, it's even profound to people at home who can't see all your hand and body movements. I know. But, you, but just pictures. your voice, yeah. like, no, you can hear it. Oh, I should take pictures. Yeah, I should take pictures of my movements. To you, did it feel overwhelming or like? At first, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is it. Feels like this is it. Because before, I was like, oh, is this it? Like, mm-hmm. and Didn't now I had no doubt. I was the like, answer, by the way, to anybody who asked that question is no. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kata was like, no, you shouldn't be able to talk like this that. I was like, <laughs> and I, I wanted to pretend that I was like, I was like, maybe if I can act that I'm really like, I was like, no, they're they're really strong. She's like, no, you wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> and now I understand. Yeah. Like, yeah, when you are actually having a real contraction or wave or a search, you, I wasn't able to talk. Anyway, 
got in the car and I was like, yeah, I'll sit on the front seat like as a co-pilot. No, I wasn't able to. So I climbed all the way over back the over the back. <laughs> and, I, and I just stood in like all fours and I closed my eyes. Next thing I knew we were arriving at the hospital, going down. And then we got to the room and Kata was there. And I don't really remember that much more. Hmm. You want me to fill in the blanks? Do you feel like that that at that moment you just went out of body? Like your body just took over and you were not thinking so much anymore? I wasn't thinking. I was really surprised because for me, the whole labor demanded so much concentration. You know how in movies women talk and they're like, oh, where's my husband? I didn't even talk. I had no en- I mean, I had energy, but I was saving it for it. You know, like I went totally silent and my husband, you know, like makes fun of me because I kept doing, you know, signals like <laughs> hand motions. nose, hand motions all the time. Like they would do something in my skin and I'd be like, no, or I'd be like, yeah, 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 do it again. Coconut but water? Like, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I hardly ever spoke. There was a point that I was like, I need an epidural. Mm. And then she went like, Mama, why would you need an epidural? You have all you need in your body. And by the time I wanted to answer, there was another contraction coming. So I was like, oh, you know what? Forget that. Forget that. (laughs) I guess I'm not having an epidural. And I'm so happy you didn't listen to me. I'm Mm. so happy. Yeah. So what, I guess, from your perspective, Catalina? I remember we got to the hospital and the midwives wanted to check you. And we had made an agreement in addition to not getting an epidural, which I knew was really important to her. Um, we had made this agreement to not tell her how dilated oh. she was. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the point of the visualizations that we did and the artwork and the affirmations that we put up all over the room yeah. um, was to just stay in her body and not in the mind. Mm-hmm. And that's a trick that I really like to use. Um <laughs> The midwife forgot, oh, no. even though we asked. Yeah. And so she said, she said, you're three to four centimeters. And she was. It was hilarious. It was hilarious because Kara was like, we would really like, you know, she does the whole explanation. And she checks me. She's like, three centimeters. Oh, <laughs> no. It's like so automatic for them. Yeah. Yeah. She felt bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I honestly think you forgot about it. Yeah. It I didn't, didn't actually didn't make a anything. difference. No, no, it really didn't. And so we got you out of the bed and we labored all over the bathroom, all over the floor, in the shower. Um, After the birth, I remember you saying, like, you felt like you had a home birth in the hospital. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like the way that even the nurses and the midwives treated us because of, like, the energy that we brought into the room, the preparation that you guys did, everybody could see and feel that. And they really respected our space. Yeah. And they didn't get in the way so that you could birth the way that you wanted to. Yeah. I remember one of your midwives sitting on the floor by us taking pictures, which is not something that usually happens in the hospital, setting even with a midwife. Yeah, it was really beautiful the way you and Roberto it was just like I felt like we were this sort of body together, the three of us that moved around. I moved to a place, and then they did what they had to do. Roberto and, and Kata were so in sync with each other. It was incredible. Like Suddenly, I remember at some point I opened my eyes, and all the little notes that I've made for this moment were all placed around the room. Mm. And at some point, I said to Kata, like, I feel sick. And then the next moment, I smelled mint in the room. It was just so magical the way that everything worked. And I never felt 
panicky or I never felt that it wasn't going to happen, you know. I do remember one moment, which was for me, how I felt like it was like an out-of-body experience. I was on the yoga ball. It was right at the end. I think I was transitioning. And I was sort of like forward, kind of like crunched in like that towards my belly. And you said to me, Mama, you have to surrender. And I was like, I'm already surrendering. What are you talking about? It's been six hours of this. And then she was like, surrender. And uh, and you kept doing this mantra saying, open, open for like an hour. And I kept saying it and Roberto kept saying it. So it was like a mantra that the three of us were repeating. And so by this point, she says, you have to move back. And you were holding the rebozo, I remember. Mm. And the rebozo was around my back. All my contractions were front, though. So nothing was at the back. And and she was holding me with a rebozo. And she's like, lean back. And I was like, I can't. I can lean back. Roberta was right here behind me. Eventually, I just moved back like that. And the point when I go back, and then Kata is moving the rebozo, kind of like soothing me with it. And Roberto was holding my shoulders. I felt so much pain when I opened up, so much pain that I stopped feeling pain. It was so weird. Oh, wow. It was almost like I crossed the line where your body doesn't understand that kind of level of pain and kind of disconnect. And it was so enjoyable at that point. And so I spent there, I don't know how long, but eventually when Kata was like, now we have to go to all fours, I was like, no, no, this, this is it. This is the most amazing sensation. It felt like I wasn't going through the search anymore. It was just so incredible. And I started like seeing all blurry right before the pushing. And so the pushing was so, I don't want to say delicious, but it was. It felt. <laughs> you could say delicious. I could. It's kind of weird when I. Yeah. It's it. It was uh, satisfying. Okay. Satisfying, yeah, yeah. You liked it. You know what's magical about giving birth is that it's so intense, and the moment the baby's out, it all disappears. Yeah. So you have no leftovers. It's just like from one hundred and fifty thousand to zero. Yeah. In it terms just, of pain. And then, yeah. I was literally at a birth two nights ago that it was second baby and just went so fast. It was like from two to ten centimeters in under an hour. And I don't even think she pushed. I think the baby just like came through her body with contractions. She didn't realize that it was happening. But it was so intense so quickly. It was almost like watching 15 hours of labor happen in an hour, like wow. concentrated. And then three seconds later, it was just total bliss and peace. I was like, the contrast was incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's so one minute to the next. From one minute, you feel like that burning sensation when you're pushing, and then the baby's out, and it's just suddenly almost like the world stops in a crazy way. And your body, you're so connected to the body, but disconnected to any pain. Mm. So detach from pain. And it was great that they also were really respectful about not using any medication at all. Mm. And You made your own. Yeah. Gata was right. I had everything. I was so high after the birth. It's crazy because they put you in a room and Roberto, my husband, was exhausted. Uh-huh. Of course, he was like falling asleep. And I was like, so. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Who are we doing tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a beautiful story. Yeah. You know, it's it just even from age 15, you seem like the kind of person that sort of 
figures out what you want and then just goes and gets it, you know, works for it. But you just go and get it, like, very determined and really not letting things get in your way. And um, sounds like you assembled a, a really beautiful birth team. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it without this woman, Kata, here. She was just perfect. Find your right doulas. It's very important. I'd just like to say that Mariana was also a dream client. I don't want to say I have favorites because I don't Mm -hmm. have favorites. You don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) But when you're interviewing a doula, they are also interviewing you. And Mm -hmm. so finding the right fit, it's mutual. And there are people who come along that you have these very deep spiritual connections with. And that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys have a very sweet bond. Yeah. I think it's vital to trust because once you're there, to doubt, I feel that it really gets in the way. I trusted everything she said at the point. She was like, do you want to? I was like, whatever you want. Like, you know, (laughs) like we talked about it so much. We were so on the same page that I never doubted anything. You know, if she would be like, we have to turn around and put your head, you know, upside down. I was like, (laughs) oh, okay, I guess I have to do that, you know. Like I never doubted. Yeah. Uh, You also do a lot of work to get ready for the birth. I mean, you have a a book of things here, and it's probably not everything. And I'm thinking maybe when we post this, we'll put some of these up with the post. Yeah. On uh, social media, they're just so beautiful. The effort that you put into, but that's what I'm talking about. You see what you it doesn't it didn't just come to you. You worked for it. Yeah, and, I, I uh, especially more than reading. I mean, I'd read some books that I know loads of people read. The Ina May, both of them. Uh, but I also talked a lot with women who had beautiful birth stories, yeah. and I felt that that one to one sort of experience just fed me like this diagram with the dilation circles. A friend of mine talked to me about them, and she told me her experience, and I was like, oh, that sounds like something that I would like to do. And many tips from women. I think that that uh, sort of tradition of passing on knowledge from women to women, it's not used anymore. I mean, we've kind of like moved away from that, and I feel that that That's why I love your podcast, because it's like real stories from real people. I spent so many hours listening to Dr. Berlin and his guests. Well, that's what I was about to say, is like now you've shared your beautiful story and other people will be able to listen to it, so you've passed it on. And we don't have very many hospital birth stories yet on the podcast where you set out to have a natural, unmedicated birth in a hospital setting, and it goes just pretty much like you planned. And so I really am grateful that you came and shared your personal story with us and Kat, that you came and also shared your energy and insight. And I I know that people at home are listening to it thinking, oh, this can be done. Yeah, yeah, definitely can be done. We know how to do it. We just have to move our minds away from it. But we know how to do it. Our bodies know. I always learn something when I hang out with Kat, too. (laughs) I always pick on new things. Um, Where can we find you guys online? Um, On social media, at... Mariana Burelli. Mariana with a double N, Burelli with a double L. That's creative. Yeah, I know. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> double. So lucky for double you then. With that kind of situation, I'm surprised you didn't have twins. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> Kat, where do we find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Catalina.Clark, and my website is Catalina Clark Birth. Beautiful. 
Thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. If you like our program, share us with your friends. And for more pregnancy parenting media, follow us on Instagram at Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Balm. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Balm, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Balm not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.